From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. Wallet Watch is a podcast brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts, sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games, delivering financial topics in an enjoyable and interesting way. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica. And I'm Amanda. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back, Wallet Watch listeners. It's me, Amanda. And me, Jessica. We are here with another episode in season nine focused on our theme of building your financial foundation. And we're really excited because we have a special guest joining us today. Yes, we would like to welcome a senior department call center trainer, Tony Kibbe. He works for MSU Federal Credit Union, and he is going to be speaking to us today about his expertise in the loan process. And I think this is going to be a really great conversation. It's going to be applicable to a lot of our listeners out there who've maybe been a part of the loan process or are brand new to the loan process. So I think it's going to be a really great conversation. I'm really uh, excited to talk to him, and we hope that you enjoy our episode today. Feel free to check out the other episodes we've done in this season so far. We've had some really great episodes that Jess and I have done about finding a financial institution that works for you, trying to protect that and all that work that you're doing. And you can find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Welcome, Tony. We're so excited to have you here in the studio with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for our listeners to be able to tap into your expertise when it comes to the whole loan process. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to do my best. So let's jump right in. So, Tony, the first question I have for you is how does the process work for getting a loan? When do you kind of start? I would say it really depends on how the individual wants to start that loan process. So you can apply online, you can, most financial institutions will let you apply over the phone, you can walk into a physical branch. The beautiful thing about our, you know, technology age is you don't have to go in person to do a lot of your banking needs. So that includes loan applications. They could also go directly to a dealership if they're buying a a car or a motorcycle or an ATV, they can do that too. So really, it's up to them. A lot of the financial institutions are meeting the customers or members where they are. So that's great. It is great. Um, As a quick follow-up question to that, are there any perks of going to your financial institution over maybe going just into the dealership if you're looking for a car and they offer to finance you? I would say, in my experience, it really is up to that individual's personal preference. So there's a convenience factor with going to the dealership because then they don't have to go to their financial institution first, get approved, and then go to the dealership, have that kind of back and forth. But some individuals may want to wait to start shopping until they know they're approved for their financial institution or approved through their financial institution. It's It really has to do with personal preference. I know some financial institutions are set up with um, dealerships that will do like, it's called indirect lending, but will 
do deals for that financial institution directly through that dealership. So a member or customer might be able to go to a dealer and say, hey, I want to get my loan through whatever financial institution they're looking for. And that dealership could do all of it right there. And the member would or customer would never have to go to their financial institution to do it. The rates, in my experience, rates are the same. Everything really is the same. Um, the dealership also will, in those instances, offer some of those additional like warranties and things. But the, the customer member can be offered those by coming to their financial institution first and then going to the dealer afterward as well. It's, it's up to that member. It's that convenience factor. So I will say that there was a time when we wanted all the deals directly, right? We want them all to come to us. But what we've realized is convenience is actually more important. So sure. by them being able to go to the dealer and do it all there, a lot of times members and or customers appreciate that. So we'll, we'll tell them, hey, if you're going to this dealer, they're a preferred dealer, you can use them, do everything through them if you want and make life easier. Yeah, convenience is huge. We've yeah. talked about that on several episodes, Amanda, this season. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm thinking back to my experience getting my first loan by myself. And I remember feeling really intimidated, feeling like, oh my gosh, this feels like a test. Am I going to pass or fail this? Can you give our listeners some information of what they could prepare to bring for the loan application process and maybe some things that would help them feel more relaxed and confident going into that process? I would say the biggest thing is just be prepared to have an open and honest conversation about your finances. You're going to need your your social security number. So if you don't know it by heart, you're going to want to make sure you, you have it with you when you come. As far as like financial statements and things, those aren't necessarily always needed, but you're going to need to know what your income looks like. You're going to need to know if you have additional income, you're going to need to be able to articulate that in a conversation so that the lender you're working with knows how to input that in the application. You're going to need to know your housing expenses and things. But again, it's really about being ready to have an open and honest conversation about your finances and whatever we find on your credit. So if we pull your credit and there's some items that maybe you're not proud of, that's okay. We're going to ask you what happened and then we're going to go from there. So it's not meant to be an interrogation. It's actually meant to be an open conversation, but I can totally see how somebody coming in to apply for a loan, maybe their first one might feel like really overwhelmed because they want to make sure it's like you feel like you want to make sure you answer all the questions correctly. And to be completely honest, there really isn't a right or wrong answer. We just want to know what what's going on. We want to be able to help you. Sure. I feel like we get the opportunity to talk about that too in the community some when we talk about the loan process as financial educators, because I think it's so important that people understand that open and honest factor, right? Mm -hmm. When I talk about credit with people, I will always say usually somebody with a lower credit score is because some type of financial situation happened in their life, right? So being able to be open, talk about those things, like you said, not it not feeling like a test. Yeah. I think that's huge because um, really at the end of the day, as a lender, from a lending standpoint, we want to make sure that you're going to be able to afford this new vehicle or this new boat or whatever you're looking to loan the, the funds for. Yeah. I almost think of like changing that mindset of like, this isn't a test, but this is a new relationship that I'm starting to create and it's going to go both ways and you have to be comfortable with it. For sure. One thing I wanted to point out too is... You know, Tony, do you have any recommendations or advice for our listeners of if they don't understand something that they're being asked by a lender? 
yeah, don't be afraid to ask more questions. I will tell you as a lender, I've had individuals that I've worked with that I can tell we're humans. We can tell when someone doesn't understand what we're saying. And I've had to say, you know what, I'm sorry, like, let's rephrase that. Or I'll ask them to maybe paraphrase back to me. Like, do you, are we on the same page? Do you, do you understand what the next steps are? And if they're not 100% sure, we, if we have to, we'll go back to the beginning and start over and work through it. But ultimately, I would want anyone listening to this to know, like, it is okay to ask additional questions. There is no such thing as a bad question. If you're working with a lender that makes you feel like your questions are bad, maybe find another lender because that's not okay. I like that advice because I feel like, you know, again, personally thinking about my situation when I was younger, kind of figuring this out on my own, having that gut feeling of like, this doesn't really feel right, but not knowing how to say, wait, stop, I'm done. And at any point in the application process, the applicant's in control. So they can say, you know what, I don't want to move forward with this. It might be better to figure that out before your credit's pulled. But if even if after your credit's pulled, you're like, you know what, I, this doesn't feel right. I don't like this. It's okay to say, you know what, I want to pause. I want to stop. And maybe they revisit it later with that lender. Maybe they find another lender. Maybe they lean on their friends and family or individuals in their life that they can trust to help them make the best decision for them as well. I think that's great advice. So maybe to get into the little bit of more of the nuts and bolts of the loan process, I kind of have a little bit of a, an example question for mm-hmm. you. So let's say that we just got approved for a vehicle, let's say for $15,000, okay? What questions should our listeners be looking to ask when it comes to interest rates, due dates, payments, those kind of things? First and foremost, I think the listener or the applicant needs to know that every lender is going to give them some options, some payment options. They're going to give them certain terms. So typically you're going to see 12 month increment terms starting at 36 months, all the way to maybe 84 on an auto loan, for example. And that lender is going to give you options of terms and payments. Now I will tell you the shorter the term, the lower the interest rate. So you have to ask yourself, like, do I want a really low rate? Or do I want a lower payment? The longer the term, the higher the interest rate, but it's all relative. So what I mean by that is the payment will be lower. So longer the term, the payment will be lower. So you have to ask yourself really what's going to work in your budget. And I would also want to know from that lender, is there any prepayment penalty? So if I pay this loan off early, am I going to be charged a fee? There are institutions out there that'll charge like 2% fee for paying off the loan early which that adds up. You figure, you know, a $30,000 loan, like that 2% is a lot. So that's something to consider. I would say as far as due date's concerned, lenders will let you pick whatever due date you want. They won't let you go super far out, meaning they're not going to let you go three months out for your first due date, but they'll let you pick whatever day of the month that you'd prefer. When selecting a due date, pick the one that's going to work best for you. I would also ask them when I'm picking a due date, do I have the ability to change it in the future? Because maybe I pick one and I'm like, you know what, I don't, I'm not 100% sure this is going to work for me forever. But if I needed to change it, can I? Those are things that I would consider. But ultimately, you have to ask yourself as the applicant, like, is this payment something I can afford based on the terms that this lender is offering me? Yeah, I think that's really exciting because, you know, the example of getting a vehicle, you could be really wrapped up in the excitement of the newer used vehicle and you're just like ready to get it and drive it off the lot. And then not think about how is this going to impact my spending plan month to month. Yep. Like, can I actually afford it? Like, that's the one that I like, it's got leather seats. It's got all these things. I want it. Right. And then 
can I actually afford the payment month over month is huge. And the lender, once you're approved, they're not going to decide for you um, necessarily what option you have to pick. They're going to give you the options that that are available and they're going to let you pick. So you're the one that has to be in control of like, can I actually afford this payment at 48 months or should I, they said they'll go 60 months. Should I, should I go 60 months on it? I will tell you that I'm a huge proponent for going a little bit longer with the term to put you in a payment that's more affordable for you. And then if there's no prepayment penalty, letting you pay it off early, it only helps you. That way, if you have a tight month, you're okay. So that's something that I always consider. For sure. And I think another good thing to point out as well is when maybe you are vehicle shopping and stuff like that, considering things like auto insurance, mm -hmm. you know, and checking those rates with your auto insurance agent to also make sure, you know, if you have a car that's paid off, this is your, going to be your very first car payment and you're used to paying one price of insurance, it could look very different than when you add in an auto payment, car insurance, maybe if gas is going to be different depending on if you're going from a car to a truck. You know, all of those different factors really weigh in when it comes to looking at that overall cost of the vehicle. No, you're exactly right. And another thing to consider too is the age of the vehicle you're buying. So if the vehicle is very, I don't want to say old, but maybe it's a, we're in 2023 right now. Maybe it's a, a 2012. You may also want to consider, do I want to go longer than 48 months on this? Do I want to go that long of a term? Just things to consider because you, no one wants to be paying on a car that's broke down. So yeah. like those are also elements of this thought process of like, what term am I going to get? I'm approved. Now I'm car shopping, maybe making sure I'm looking for a car that is new enough as well that I'm not going to be stuck paying on something that's broke down. Nobody wants mm -hmm. to do that. So Tony, as a follow-up question that I have for you, I know in some previous lending experience that I had, individuals would call into their financial institution and ask for a personal loan. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to ask and find out, you know, okay, what are you looking to use the funds for? And they're like, oh, well, I'm purchasing a used vehicle or I'm purchasing a new car. What advice do you have to our listeners about having that open, transparent conversation about like you are looking for a vehicle and the differences between pulling out a loan on a personal loan versus it truly, the funds being used for an auto loan and the difference of the rate and what that looks like. So we do run into this from time to time where maybe an individual wants to buy an older car that has low miles and based on the age of the vehicle, maybe the value. So hypothetically speaking, maybe they want to spend $2,500 on a 2007 vehicle with low miles, right? And they're like, it's a great car, it's perfect. And maybe they call in, typically the way it works is we'll get the contact and they wanna do an auto loan. Now, technically it is, an, it is an auto loan, but we have to consider a few variables. Is that individual gonna put full coverage insurance on a 2007 automobile? That full coverage insurance likely is gonna be more expensive than the difference in interest rate between a personal loan for $2,500 and an auto loan for $2,500. So those are things that we consider when we're having that conversation with the member or the customer. A lot of times what we find is the applicant doesn't want to have full coverage insurance on an older vehicle. They didn't plan to. They planned to just have, you know, PLPD insurance on it. And based on that, that we can't offer an auto loan in that instance. You have to have full coverage insurance on any loan that is, we call it collateralized. Basically, it means that has a P 
piece of collateral. So a car, an RV, a boat, something something that you're borrowing money to purchase, basically, is what, the way we look at it. And in those instances where they're not going to have full coverage insurance on it, it's automatically going to be a personal loan. Oftentimes, what we'll do as lenders is we'll crunch the numbers for them. So I've had many conversations where I've said, okay, if we do that $2,500 loan um, at a signature loan or a personal loan rate, you're going to pay $500 in interest over the life of the loan. Or if we do it as an auto loan, you're going to pay $300 in interest over the life of the loan. So you're literally talking about $200 difference in interest. And you said yourself, you don't plan to have full coverage insurance on it. So it really isn't going to benefit you to add full coverage insurance. And usually I'll ask them, I get candid with members or customers sometimes. And I say, do you know what full coverage insurance would cost? And then when they say, well, full coverage insurance is going to be $800 every six months or PLPD insurance is going to be $400 every six months. Well, that's $400 of savings for them if they get a signature loan versus, well, I mean, offset the interest, it'd be about 200 bucks, right? Whatever those numbers end up being. But that's, and these are just numbers I'm making up off the top of my head, but that's typically how that conversation goes. You also, I think, have to recognize that the older a vehicle is, the more likely it is to break down. And like I had already said in a previous question, nobody wants to, to get a loan on something that is going to break down and they're still going to pay money on. So in those instances, that's where that personal loan maybe is a better option because you don't have to have that full coverage insurance. You're not looking at those added expenses. Sure. I really appreciate you talking through that because I know that was a question that when, when I was lending that I would get quite often. So thank you for that. I think one last question that I have for you, and we've talked a lot about vehicle loans, but what if you're in a situation where you need some extra money and you're not really sure what to ask for? Is there any suggestions you would have to how to navigate that situation? So when you say need extra money, it's kind of like maybe you're in a situation where unexpected bill came up or is that kind of yeah or some kind of emergency and you don't have enough in your savings to cover it first thing i suggest is call your local credit union or bank whoever you work with and tell them that you need a loan for an unexpected expense just be honest we see it every day so oftentimes we'll have individuals call on and and maybe we say like hey i need money for rent or i need money to pay my car payment but through that conversation that we have with that individual, we find out that really what they needed was they had their car break down and they spent $300 on brakes or whatever that repair was or $1,000 on that repair. And really we're lending for that repair. We're not lending for rent or lending for their car payment. They just had an unexpected expense come up. But the individual just needs to call and ask. At the end of the day, they just need to be honest with us and tell us what they need. As a lender, I can tell you, I've had many conversations with members over the years or customers over the years where maybe we're afraid to say like i'm having a tight month yeah and i want you to call and just say hey like life happened this month i need help and then we can work through it yeah and i think it goes back to an episode that jess and i did earlier in the season where we talked about how to choose a financial institution so that you feel comfortable making those calls when these situations happen yeah because i think you know, we would be lying to ourselves if we didn't say life happens, things come up. And it's always when you least expect it, right? It's always when, you know, if you have a, a car breakdown or an issue, you know, something big like that financially, it always happens at the most inconvenient time in life. Oh, for sure. And I think also recognizing that 
it it's okay it's like we're human it's okay to have to call and just ask the worst thing that'll happen is we say no and i'm not saying that we i don't want the listeners out there to think like geez i'm gonna call and they're just gonna say no no i want you to recognize like that is the worst thing that'll happen is you ask and we say no but what if we say yes like you don't know if you didn't ask right so or having different options available sure. yep. you know i know that's definitely something too Well, Tony, we want to thank you for coming in today and offering your expertise on walking us through the loan process. You know, with having this season be all around building our financial foundation, you know, Amanda and I have spent a lot of time this season talking about, you know, how to choose your financial institution, how to plan for big purchases. We've talked about how to protect your financial foundation by talking about fraud and identity theft. And I just think that this conversation that we had today, understanding the loan process, what to expect, those type of things is very vital, especially with maybe our newer listeners who have never had to loan money before in their life. No, I like it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, is there any last piece of advice that you would like to give our listeners or leave them with? I think just be open and honest in every loan conversation you have and don't be afraid to ask all the questions. And I mean all of them. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight. MSUFCU and OU Credit Union have many products and services for our members. We have multiple checking, savings, and loan options. Our checking accounts have what you need. Whether you prefer no minimum balance or earning dividends, we have the perfect account for you. You'll enjoy surcharge-free access to over 30,000 ATMs nationwide. Near or far, we are wherever you are. Our checking accounts also include access to free direct deposit, free bill payment, and free access to your credit score. From standard savings and money market accounts to certificates, we have a variety of dividend paying accounts to fit your needs. Our multiple loan options include personal loans, auto loans, mortgages, and multiple credit card offerings. From low interest rates to tiered benefits, we have the right product for you. If you'd like to find out more or become a member, please visit msufcu.org. Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Amanda Khan and me, Jessica Rubio. Our executive producers are Ariana Saldana and Susie Elkins. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.